This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, hello there, listeners. You probably hear a little bit of hustle and bustle in the background. That's because Danny and I, in spirit of uh, the Christmas season, you know, want to do something a little bit different. And so we are currently sipping on some nice eggnog lattes and having a fun little episode of Behold. So Dan, why don't you tell them what we're here to do today? Yeah, well, we're, we're coming to you on location from the press in Pleasanton, California. Shout boots out. on the ground. Yeah, we're boots on the ground, exactly. And we thought we'd do something a little bit fun, a little bit different um, for the podcast this week in honor of the Christmas season. We thought we would share uh, our favorite Christmas carol and just the the origin story or the history behind those carols. And yeah. uh, just a quick shout out to um, Sujin Thomas, who, who kind of gave me this idea because he came up to me on Sunday, because the one that I'm going to share, we sang on Sunday. And he, and he just started telling me this, a little bit of the story and, and it really just kind of piqued my curiosity and got me really fascinated on it. So I did some digging and looked into it as well. And I thought it'd be a fun thing just to share with all of our beholders, just uh, to kind of get us all ready for the Christmas season and to sing carols with us on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. So, Hallelujah. Yeah, so we're gonna jump, we're gonna jump right in. Um, well, you alluded to it, what's your song that you picked? <laughs> yeah, so the, the song that I picked is Oh Holy Night. Oh. Did you get? Did you guys sing this already at the Altamont? No, we're singing it on Saturday. Singing it on Saturday. Okay, cool. We um, we decided to do it on Sunday because we had the choir. Fun. And so we thought it'd be a great, uh, you know, great to have all those voices come together. But okay, so the story of this song um, starts uh, mid mid 1800s in uh, the lovely country of France. Wow. And bonjour. Um, yeah, exactly. And it, it all starts with this French poet. Uh, his name is Placide Capot. And basically the, the parish priest uh, where, where he was living asked him if he would pen a poem to be read at the Christmas Eve mass that year. Um, it, was, it was a couple weeks before, before that mass. And, and so he, uh, th- this poet agreed to, um, to do this. Now he was involved with with the the parish, uh, you know, church at that time, but he wasn't a particularly religious man, um, which which I think is, is pretty interesting. Um, and so basically, you know, one he, he's he's uh, taking a train to Paris, and he's thinking about, you know, should I should I write this poem for this priest? Uh, and he just starts opening up the, the the Gospel of Luke, and he starts reading through the account of the birth of Christ. Wow. Um, and he just starts imagining what must it have been like to witness the birth of the Messiah. And just going over the details and the narrative, and and he basically just wrote, he penned this entire poem on the train, on the way to Paris, just by reading the Gospel of Luke. Wow. And, um, and there's just so much, uh, just beautiful imagery and powerful words and, just there, he, he by the time he got to Paris, he looked at this thing. And he's like, "This is a masterpiece!" Like, and he's like, "It's not just a poem; it's a song." Wow! Right? And so he uh, wasn't a particularly musical man; didn't have that inclination at all. So he reached out to this his friend Adolphe Fadam, 
who was a, a composer and a Jewish man. Wow. So so he turned 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 this you know poem over to to Fadam, and uh, Adolf Fadam started to just pour over it and basically wrote this original beautiful you know composition. And, and it's basically what what we hear today. Even it's it's kind of survived all the way through. Wow. Um, it's this you know the me- the melody and the accompaniment and and it's just uh, so it's kind of crazy. So the first two characters in this story are uh, a non-religious yeah. man and uh, a Jewish guy who uh, he's like oh holy night, but was it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He's like not not only does he not you know believe that that this was was the Messiah, but but you know. It's just—it's kind of fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so basically, they they turn over this composition and these lyrics to the priest, and they they sing it, and it's of course just a smash hit. Everyone loves it, and so it kind of gets into circulation. But um, a couple of years later, the poet who penned this basically leaves the church. So not so he wasn't really—he was kind of a culturally involved with the church, but then he turns his back on the church wow. and kind of gets into socialism and and really becomes an atheist. Wow. And so, ru- you know, rumor starts to spread, word starts to spread that, wait, so you're telling me an atheist and a Jewish guy wrote this hymn that we sing on, on um, you know, and so it, it basically kind of, it kind of fell out of circulation. Some people say that the church actually banned it wow. for for um, about 10 years. And there's some, there's some, uh, dispute about that if it was a political thing or if it was the church actually banning it but regardless it it fell out of circulation for about 10 years until John Sullivan Dwight uh, an American uh, abolitionist so he was he was in America fighting against slavery at that time and he he heard this song and what particularly struck him was the line from verse 3 Change shall he break, yeah. for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. And so he just was like, he really lashed onto that, being yeah, an abolitionist. Um, and so he basically brought it to the American audience and started <clears throat> passing it around, especially you know through the North during the time of the Civil War. It just became this this Christmas banger. You know, people yeah. just loved it. And so all of a sudden now it's it's exposed to this this new audience. Well, um, fast forward a couple more decades, 1871, back in France during the, the Franco-Prussian War, um, they're, they're in the middle of this trench warfare, you know, French troops are shooting against German troops, and um, Christmas Eve comes, night falls, and this French sh- soldier lays down his bayonet, comes out of the trench, and stands in, right in, in the middle of, the, of, the, of the, the battlefield. Yeah. And everyone's looking around like, what is this psycho doing, right? And uh, amazingly, no one shoots him, and he starts breaking out in song, Christmas wow. Eve night. You want to guess what song he's singing? Holy night. Oh, holy wow. night. So he starts, he starts singing it out, lifted his, you know, lifting his hands to heaven. He gets through uh, the first verse, the second verse, the third verse, and no, no gunshots, no mortars, nothing. And then all of a sudden, a German soldier pops out of his trench, lays his bayonet down, 
and he starts singing too. And basically what this moment led to was a 24-hour ceasefire between wow. these two sides. And they, in honor of Christmas, basically set aside what they were fighting over and, and experienced some, some, some brotherhood and humanity in the middle of this, this crazy war. So, pretty amazing. Last little leg of this story. So, wow. 1906, I want, I want to tell you about a professor, Reginald Festenden, Festenden, something like that. It's a great name. Yeah. So he's an American, um, American professor, and he did what many people thought to be impossible. But he, he put together, you know, uh, this generator and this mechanism and this antenna, and basically he produced the first ever radio broadcast what? in 1906. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, this guy's voice is going out to you know, homes all over, and, and uh, it's going to troops, you know, stationed here and there, and, and he, he's broadcasting for the very first time. And what he starts reading, because it's the Christmas season, he starts reading from the Gospel of Luke. And he's just telling the, 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 the narrative of the birth of Christ. Well, after he finishes reciting that, he sets down his Bible and he picks up his violin. And he starts playing a melody over the airwaves. Guess what the melody was? Oh, Holy Night. Oh, Holy Night. Can you believe it? So, Oh, Holy Night in 1906 was the first ever song that was broadcasted through the radio waves. And uh, and it just went out to, you know. Amazing. Yeah. So... So when you think about just the story of Oh Holy Night, you know, it started in this, in this parish in the mid-1800s, and really it's spread out to every corner of the globe. Yeah. Millions of people have heard it. Churches have sung it year after year after year. It's, in terms of like the, the amount of recordings and arrangements, and I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be one of, the, one of the top spiritual songs ever written or composed. Yeah. And again, I just find it to be so striking that, that um, I mean, the first thing is that, that, that I take away from this story is just the clarity of the gospel, right? Mm. That somebody who, who doesn't really have a, didn't really have a religious background, he could, he could read through the account of yeah. Jesus' birth and put together this amazing um, poetic just depiction of it. And yeah. just not only just describing it, but 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 also talking about the significance of it and the beauty of it and just the wonder and awe. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like fall on your knees, you know, hear yeah. the angel voices. Like it's just, it's so profound. And I love that. Um, it's just cool for me to think about the most amazing, important story of of God coming to earth to be our savior could be understood by anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the other thing I, th I think is pretty profound is just that I think God will use anybody for his purposes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it, there's nothing that's going to stop his plan from going forward, from his glory, from being known. And I just think that's pretty remarkable. And then just as I, I think about that scene 
in the Franco-Prussian War in, in 1871. And there, you know, there, there's some dispute as, in terms mm -hmm. of the facts and the evidence. Yeah. Did it really actually happen? On, on all these things, if you're yeah. a fact checker, uh, help us out here. Yeah, help us out, yeah, We yeah. believe this to be true. <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> um, you know, some people think, uh, there's not really enough evidence to support that that, that 24 hour ceasefire actually happened and things sure. happened that way. It's a little bit of speculation. But as I think about that scene, it just to me brings up this passage from Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul's talking about how we're one in Christ, that it doesn't matter what your background is or your ethnicity or where you, where you came from or what you did, that, that we are all one in Christ. And he says in verse 13, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So he's talking wow. about the, the hostility and the, the division and even the hatred between Jews and Gentiles at that time. And, he, and he's trying to tell us, like, hey, Jesus is is what makes us one and that oneness that unity gives us an opportunity to have peace with each other Amen. and i just think what what happened with oh holy night on that battlefield is just a clear such a cool picture of that because it's these people yeah. that are literally trying to kill each other <laughs> yeah. and they're at war with each other but because of jesus they laid down their swords yeah. and they and they came together and i i think for us during this christmas season maybe maybe there's something that god might be calling us some way that god might be calling us to lay down our swords, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of times we get together with our family, there's weird political things, there's weird... Everyone loves their in-laws. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So just maybe that's an encouragement to you as you think about Oh Holy Night and the story behind it. Maybe God is calling you to lay down your swords during this Christmas season and just experience him as as the Prince of Peace. And so, that is so yeah. profound and amazing. That reminds me of a song, uh, Josh Baldwin, The yeah. War Is Over. You know oh, song? I love that song. The War Is Over. Mm -hmm. Let me read these two first stanzas because I think it's so yeah, funny yeah. what you said. It's a bonus. It's a bonus song. I know. Listen, listen to Oh Holy Night. That's homework number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homework number 1.5, Listen to The War Is Over by Josh Baldwin. The war is over. Turn around. Lay your weapons on the ground. The smoke is fading before the light. The dead are coming back to life. Mm. For he has made a way for us, born for glory out of dust, children held within the arms of peace. He has made a way for all. Mercy waits where sinners fall. He is our victory. Oh, so Love weird. that thought. Yeah. And yeah, just that, that picture of unity. Right, Love that. Right. Awesome, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, it is. Uh, keeping in the theme, as, as, you were, as you were talking, I was listening, I was like, wow, there's a lot of similar themes happening here. Oh, cool. Uh, the, the song that I picked is perhaps, I would argue, maybe, the most famous Christmas song, at least in modern times, I think. I'll put it up against Oh, Holy Night, though. I think, I think, it's, I think it's more famous, I would okay, guess. Okay, yeah, what famous. What can be Silent more? Night. Oh, it's Silent okay, Night. okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. And it's interesting to me because Oh, Holy Night is a song that, as we're talking about it, it's like, I think part of the reason it's been so just profound and prolific and influential with even non-Christians is we, we, even people who don't know Jesus, we have this innate spirit-bound desire to worship God, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what we're made to do. And I think Oh Holy Night really captures that emotionally. It's, it's yes. so worshipful like you were describing. Yes, 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 yes. I totally get it. And on the flip side, it's kind of interesting because Silent Night, I think for some people, sometimes mm. can come off as 
kind of not quite that. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use. It's the word, more telling the story, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to use the word cheesy, but yeah. some people feel that way about Silent yeah. Night. It's like, yeah. all right, let's sing the Soul Carol. But actually, man, the origin story is is really amazing too. Cool. So let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So this is started uh, 206 years ago. Wow. 206 years ago, actually not that far in time from when you were just describing those events, yeah. uh, in a little Austrian village called Oberndorf. Nice. And oh man, people are, are people going to butcher our pronunciation know, of all these things? Uh, <laughs> it is 1818 is the year we're talking about. And ironically, this took place at a church in a small village in Oberndorf called St. Nicholas. So, okay. oh. so a little Christmas spirit there. <laughs> um, and one important note here is this happened 1818, you know, and, and 1815 is when in that area the, the Napoleonic Wars had ended. So these people who are in this village have been through the grills of war, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. they've been traumatized, and so they're living in relatively fresh peace right now, you know. And in St. Nicholas's Church, yeah, sure, take it. thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, in St. Nicholas's Church, there is, is a huge organ, and they're playing their Christmas production, kind of like your situation. Yeah. And from what I understand, their organ is kind of like they're known for that in the village. This amazing, beautiful organ at St. Nicholas's Church, and so they have all their Christmas stuff playing with their choirs, with all the organ stuff, and everything was hinging upon that, you know. And then Christmas morning. Uh, they go to test it out, and the organ's broken. Oh, oh dude, we've oh, this, this is giving me like post-traumatic stress. I know we've all yeah. <laughs> me, Dan and I have bonded over this of like the worship leaders like stress nightmares yeah, on yeah, Saturday yeah. night before church. You show up and nothing <laughs> yeah, works. Yeah. Everything's broken. Uh, so, anyways, he, he's living the reality. Uh, this priest named Joseph Moore, who's overseeing this time, he's living the reality of that nightmare of like, oh, oh no, gosh. our famous organ's not working. And he spends hours trying to troubleshoot it and fix it. He's so frantic, you know, and the Christmas is ruined because of the organ situation, you know. Um, and so finally deciding that he can't get the organ to work, he's just devastated and he prays. And he says, God, just bring me a way to provide worshipful music tonight for a Christmas thing. Oh my know? gosh, I love that. Like, Lord, just give me something. <laughs> give me something, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And God reminded him or inspired him or the Holy Spirit reminded him of a poem, like you had said, mm. a poem that he had written two years earlier. And back to our timeline here, that is right after those wars ended, right? Mm. So they are fresh coming out of that trauma and the battles and the losing loved ones. And he had written this poem, and the poem is, is envisioning what it would have been like to be there that night, you know, when Jesus was born. And so when you see these themes in the lyrics of Silent Night about all is calm and all is bright, you can just sense that that's, this is the... What they're yearning for is that that peace, you know, that yeah. calmness coming out of the out of the wake of war. Wow. So you reminded this poem. Oh my gosh, like this is perfect, you know. So then he ran to the choir director's door. He's knocking and <laughs> said, "Hey, can you please write a melody for this? Is there any way to make it happen?" Wow. And long story short, uh, they pull it off and they they wrote this beautiful melody wow. to accompany this poem that he had written cool. right after that war. Yeah. And um, since they didn't have the organ. It was first performed with just their vocal choir and one guitar. Oh my gosh, it's I love like, it. It was a fun little thing. So, Flat yeah. Night is, in, is guitar and is in German, of course, because right. Austrians spoke German. In and you're going to sing it out for us in German. Yes. yes. Uh, Silent Nacht. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, no, so it's just a, an amazing picture, again, of like someone in need of something and God providing that for yeah. them. And I just love just the context of just these people who have been through trauma and hurt and, and, and loss. 
and yearning for something to give them peace. And mm. what does he yearn for when he writes this poem? Just to be able to be there and witness the Savior's birth. Yeah. You know, just so, so yeah. amazing. So I'm going to read the lyrics and then just give one thought here. It's nice and short. Yeah. So here's the sign of the night. Circa uh, 1816. I like it. In English. In English. Oh, dang it. Okay. <laughs> Silent night. Holy night. All is calm and all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child. Holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Mm. Silent night. Holy night. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Mm. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with thy dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus Lord at thy birth. Jesus Lord at thy birth. Mm. And Wow. Man, those are lyrics that we've all heard, you know, yeah. hundreds of times. Right, right. And kind of just the same thing like you were just saying, like, it's amazing to me that someone who doesn't know Jesus can sing those words. Because that is just straight worshiping the, the, the king, Jesus. Yeah, especially right? that last verse. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, but then what I love about this is, like, like I had said, he wrote this kind of envisioning this poem, what it would have been like to be there, you know? Yeah. But I love that it doesn't just stop with... Oh, it's a calm night, and the stars are bright, and mm. we're in a manger, and a baby was born, yeah. and three shepherds came, and then they mm. left, you know? That's the physical side of that. Yeah, yeah. But no, this, this priest, Joseph Moore, he understood the reality of what was happening. You yeah. know? And it's clear that in that time of, of yearning for that peace after that war, he wasn't grasping for and wanting just peace from war. What he was grasping for was was his savior Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just love that with picture. the dawn of redeeming grace. Amen. And, and, I mean? and like he that, says just that last the, that idea. The, just that last line, Jesus Lord at thy birth. Yeah. Like he's proclaiming, Jesus, you are Lord from the moment you were born. Mm. At your birth, you were Lord it's over crazy. all. It reminds me of John 1, 14, um, of just and the word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. Mm. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace mm. and truth, with Dom of redeeming grace, yeah. like you just said. That's so good. So anyways, my takeaway from that is just kind of that, that walking that line of absolutely, like, soaking in the moment of everything happening during Christmas se- right. season and opening presents and the meals and everything. Um, but so much more importantly, mm. just like he did in this poem, just having a heartfelt gratitude for what those moments mean now yeah. because of the Savior Jesus. That's so, you know? so as much as you came with your families this weekend or with your, um, your loved ones, certain loved ones yeah. or friends or coworkers or whatever, man, practice that same balance of like, man, I want to so, be present. I want to be all in with what we're doing. I want to really celebrate this time. So much more importantly, I want to just be grateful for redeeming grace in my life. That's so good. I want to be grateful that God gave us his son Jesus to be Lord from this very moment he was born, you know, yeah. everything that, that entails after that. Yeah, that's so good. I just want to give one encouragement off of that. We, we in the prayer room yesterday, did this exercise and shout out to my sister Nicole because it was her idea, but she was just thinking about how gifts is a big part of Christmas. And you can trace the tradition back to the wise men. They came and brought these gifts to Jesus. Frankincense, gold, and myrrh, right? And 
that's why we still give gifts to this day, is to, is to remember that. But there's all kinds of gift-giving things happening around Christmas. Yeah. The first one, obviously, is that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, that is God's best and, and most significant and wonderful gift Man. imaginable, right? So not only is God giving, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? But there's all, all other kinds of gifts happening there, right? That maybe are less obvious. When the shepherds came, what was their gift? They, they praised him, they worshiped him, they adored him. What about the gift of, of life that, that Mary gave to, to, to the Christ child? And the, the, the midnight snuggles and the diaper changes and the, 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 the food that she provided for him. What about Joseph's gift of obedience to, to flee to Egypt so that his life could be preserved, right? And I mean, just on and on, there's all these different yeah. ways. And so what we, what we did in the program yesterday was we just asked God, to, we wrote down on a little card that had a present on it. We just asked him to reveal to us, what gift do you want from us this Christmas season? Maybe it's the gift of an invitation to invite someone to church or to invite them to celebrate with your family. There's a lot of, there might be a lot of people in your community, in our church, in your neighborhood, at work, who don't have anywhere to be during this Christmas. What would it look like for you to invite them into your family's celebration, right? Um, maybe it's a gift of uh, offering your, your courage and boldness to share your faith. Yeah. You know, maybe it's a gift of something that God's been, been asking you to do and you've been dragging your feet on it for months and, yeah. and you, you're, I'm gonna walk in obedience now. So just, just be praying and thinking about, about what gift do you want to bring to Jesus? And I love, I love that, that carol that we sing in the, in the bleak midwinter. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines from that is, um, you know, basically, poor as I am, what, what gift can I bring? Yeah. I, give to, I give to him my heart. I give to him everything that I am. And uh, so anyway, that, that's my encouragement. And, and I want to say this too to anyone who might be listening. We, as pastors and leaders at VBC, we've been keeping our radars open for people that we think might not have anywhere to be during Christmas. And we've been inviting and welcoming people in and, and trying to make connections so people aren't alone. And if, if that's you, you're listening and you feel alone, help us help you. Reach out to us. Because we, we, uh, it's easy for us to miss things and for people to fall through the cracks. And, we just don't want anyone to, to be alone if they don't want to be during Christmas. So let us know if you, and, and we'll, we'll take you in. We'll find you a spot. You can come hang out with us, the Amen. Gillettes. Get in, get in with us. Amen. Yep. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, just my last takeaway or encouragement with the Silent Night stuff is, it's not be super weird for you and your families, which if it is, maybe just leave some reflection of like, would it be crazy for you guys to, after dinner, while you're sitting there, just say that, hey, we're going to sing this three stanza carol together. Yeah. Probably takes two minutes. Yeah, two minutes, even that. And do it in a way where we're worshiping, remembering Jesus, you know? Yeah. And do it with your families. For some of us, that the idea of that is so bizarre and foreign, which kind of makes me sad, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, so maybe it starts this year where you make it a practice in your family of making Christmas a, a worshipful tradition, you know? Dude, that's so Rather good. than just a fun tradition. That's fun inspiring. and worshipful. That's tradition. inspiring, dude. I like that. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in on this breaking news report of <laughs> Boots yeah. on the Crown edition of Behold. 
We, we, we hope to see you guys at both of our campuses on Saturday for Christmas Eve. 4.30, we're going to have uh, hot cocoa and cookies and then service at 5. Mm -hmm. And then Christmas morning, we'll be at both campuses. 9.30, coffee and cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. They're birthday cinnamon rolls for Jesus That's is right. what I hear. That's right. And then uh, services at 10 o'clock yeah. on Sunday. I think the Holy Spirit's going to blow out the candles. Wow. Is that a thing? Like a rushing wind. Um, also... Uh, we haven't talked about this, but probably no podcast next week, right? So probably, we'll, yeah. be, we'll be off for a week, uh, enjoy Christmas and New Year's, and then we'll, we'll get we'll get back with you uh, in the first of the year. Yep. Let us know in the poll uh, if it's more famous, uh, Silent Night or Holy Night. Ooh, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Bye. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.